Welcome to The First Draft Club, a podcast to help you write your book with joy, clarity, and maybe a few coffee stains. If you're working on a novel or a memoir, whether you haven't written creatively since seventh grade English or you have an MFA in creative writing, this podcast is for you. I am here to help you fight through resistance and finish your draft. I'm Mary Atkins. You can find my three novels, When You Read This, Privilege, and Palm Beach, at your favorite bookstore. If you live in Nashville, you might run into me at the local farmer's market on a Saturday morning. I'll be the one chasing the four-year-old who's just stolen the bell that signals the start of the market. That is a true story. (laughs) Each episode of this podcast, I will be tackling a hot writing topic from how to write when you aren't inspired to how to get a literary agent. I'll share my strategies for tackling questions and problems that all authors face as we make our way to the final page. Each episode is short. We get in and we get out so you can get back to your life and your writing. And this season, you can check out the video versions of my podcast episodes on my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch, just go to the episode description where you'll find the link to my channel. Have you gotten my free training on how to write your dream book with a full-time job and a life? I want to send it to you. If you're working on a novel or memoir, this one-hour training will change your writing life. And I really mean that. I'm not being hyperbolic. Just go to thebookincubator.com to apply for my program, The Book Incubator. The application is only two questions plus your contact information. And if you're accepted, I'll send you the free training along with information on the program with no obligation to enroll. You get the free training walking you through my process of writing a book no matter what. And you will love it. Trust me. So go to thebookincubator.com. It takes less than five minutes and will be well worth your time. Okay, with that, let's get to the episode. Today, I am sharing it all, how to write a novel broken down into seven steps, the seven steps that I think are the most essential to get you from start to finish. Maybe you know how to write a short story or essay. Maybe you could do that in your sleep, but a novel is a different beast. So having written and published three novels myself, I'm going to break down the entire process of writing a novel into seven steps for you in this episode. Let's go. Step one is to know why you're writing. When I work with writers, I like to start by asking them, what is the big question at the heart of your book that you want to explore? Every powerful story has a big question at the heart of it. Every powerful story has a big question at the heart of it. I just said that twice on purpose (laughs) because it's really important to understand. This question is human. It is deep meaning it's not just practical in nature, like will she get married to him or will she move across the country? It's deeper than that. It goes beyond practicality. It's often thorny, meaning it's difficult to answer and and there can be multiple takes. It's emotional, meaning it's not just intellectual. It's not just um, a purely intellectual exercise like is there a God? You know, we need an an emotional um, uh, stake to it. It makes us feel something. We care about it. As an example of a question that might anchor an entire novel, how do we overcome trauma? You know, that, that's the kind of big question that could be the foundation of a really powerful story. Or another example might be, 
Should we follow desire or responsibility to live a more fulfilling life when these two things clash? What question do you want to spend the next, you know, four to 10 to to 18 months of your life exploring? And I mean this actually whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, by the way. Today we're talking about writing a novel, but this is also true for writing memoir. My big question for when you read this, my first novel, was how do we derive meaning out of an unlived life when we're at the end of it? How do we look back and find meaning when we didn't do what we wanted to do? That was a really scary question to me, and it was something I wanted to explore through fiction. So pick your big question. It doesn't have to be scary to you, but it does need to be interesting to you and you need to care about it. Often when I hear about writers petering out at 30,000 words or 3,000 words or, or, or 60,000 words, it's because that this is what they don't have. They don't have this as a foundation. They think they could just get from start to finish based on plot alone. Step two is to ask, does your novel idea tee up the big question? In other words, your plot line or your premise or your characters, all of these things should set up your big question. I just told you my big question at the heart of my first novel when you read this. It was how, how do we make meaning out of an unlived life when we're at the end of it? So here's my premise. My main character, when the novel opens, has just gotten a terminal diagnosis at the age of 33. So she's very young when she learns that she has six months to live and she hasn't done the things that she wanted to do with her life. She, she wanted to start a bakery, but she hasn't done that yet. She had big plans for that. She wanted to have a family, but she hasn't done that yet either. So she's facing this crisis of realizing this whole time she thought her life hadn't started yet. And it turns out that was her life. That was all she got. So how is she going to make sense of that? Now, I'm not telling you the whole plot of the novel. Notice, I, I, I didn't know at this point when I was writing what the plot of the novel was yet. But I had the premise and the premise teed up my big question. So find a premise, meaning a character in a particular situation That's going to tee up this question that you care about and that you want to explore. If you're working on memoir, by the way, I know, again, this is is about novel writing, but since I do work with memoirists too, I just want to say, if it's nonfiction you're writing, this would be you in your past. You know, what happened to you that teed up the big question you are addressing? All right, step three is to choose a novel you love as a spirit guide. This novel that you love is going to be your touchstone book, the book that you will come back to whenever you feel stumped about how to structure your opening or how long a chapter should be or what should be included in a scene or how to integrate backstory. These are challenging craft questions that we face when we're writing a novel. And I think having a book as a kind of spirit guide because you admire something about it and you want to emulate that in your own writing can be really helpful. You obviously don't have to copy this book's structure. And you probably wouldn't be able to even if you wanted to. But, but you can try if you want. Stealing structure is not a plagiarism risk or a problem. There's nothing unethical about it. You are just taking what works for this other person and applying it to your own book, you know, using it as inspiration. When I was writing my first novel, when you read this, I used the novel Where'd You Go Bernadette 
as my kind of spirit guide book. I knew I wanted to tell the story of, of when you read this through emails. And I knew that Maria Semple had done that in Bernadette. So I basically charted out what she did, exactly what she did with these emails in the first 20 to 30 pages of her novel. You know, this email is here and it does this. This email is there and, and it does that. And I could see this way what it looked like to effectively tell a story through email. I didn't do this for the whole book. Again, I, I just did this for maybe the first fifth or so of her book, but it gave me some ideas for how to tell my own story. I got a sense of her pacing, and that was very helpful for my own pacing. Hey, before I go on, I just want to interrupt myself to say that if you are loving this podcast, you can find a lot more where this came from on my YouTube channel, which is linked to in the episode notes of this episode. You can also learn about working with me on your book by going to thebookincubator.com. Okay, back to the episode. Step number four is to decide who are we going to follow in your story? You know, and, and by who we're going to follow, I mean, who is your protagonist? By protagonist, I mean, you know, the main person who we care about, whose journey we are following. And every story really has one. You know, you may think you have a few and you may have a few, but, but really you have one. You have the one who matters the most to the reader. That person is typically the person we meet at the opening of your story. Now, there are exceptions, but 99% of the time, that's the case. Once you decide who we're going to follow, you want to give this person a want. You want to give this character an unsatisfied want at the beginning of your story. A want that cannot be easily filled. That is what I mean by unsatisfied. Cannot be easily filled. It doesn't have to be a want that's profound and deep and is you know, going to take them the full novel to, to, to fulfill it. It doesn't have to be the love of the father who abandoned them when they were a child. I mean, it could be. But it doesn't have to be that heavy. It could be a glass of water. You know, it could be something small. But it needs to be a little bit hard to get. It can't be a glass of water if all they need to do to get that glass of water is stand up and walk across the room. It could be a glass of water, though, if they are stuck on the highway in traffic and they've been in gridlock and unmoving for 45 minutes and, you know, and the air conditioner has gone out and they're parched. Just, just saying this makes me thirsty. <laughs> You know, another example could be if, if someone has a broken leg and their crutches are across the room and they, ca they can't get to it. You know, it just has to be a little bit difficult for them to get. Now, they can fulfill this one. They can get the glass of water by chapter two or by page 10. I mean, there's no rule here. Um, I'm not saying they, they, they have to lack access to this thing for your entire book. But having a character have a want that has not been satisfied at the opening of your story and cannot be satisfied that easily... It's just a great hook to engage the reader and get them invested in the story before they've gotten to know your character enough to care about them. Once they've gotten to know them enough to care about them, this want becomes a lot less important, which is why it doesn't matter if they've you know, finally gotten the glass of water because we don't need it anymore. Okay, But at the beginning, it's going to be a really useful tool to you. Step five is to start writing and follow the tension. All right, so you have your big question, you have your premise, you have your main character and their unsatisfied want, and you have your book as your spirit guide. And now it is time to start writing. And as you write, you are going to follow the tension. You're going to create tension and follow it with your big question as your guide. Whenever you're deciding 
you know, what should happen next? I could go in this direction, I could go in that direction, I could write this scene or that scene. I want you to ask yourself, which of these choices enhances the tension in my story? Because that's probably the direction you want to go. When I'm writing a story, I let this carry me at least halfway through the draft. This question alone, what enhances the tension? What enhances the tension? Think of just pulling a rubber band more and more and more taut. As long as you're doing that, you are infusing your book with energy in the same way that pulling a rubber band apart in two directions is infusing it with energy, literally infusing it with, with uh, what's the opposite of kinetic energy, <laughs> um, pot- energy pot- potential energy, whatever it is, where when you let it go, it's going to shoot. It's going to go somewhere, right? Think of the first part of your, the first half of your book in the same way. Now, at some point, maybe about halfway through, I may stop and create an outline for the second half of my book, but until then, I don't need one and I don't use one. I find outlines too confining. So up to a point, I follow the tension. All right, step six is to make a plan to finish. Thus far, we've been talking more about craft, but this is a process step and it's an important one. You wanna make a plan to finish so that you actually finish. The idea here is that when we set concrete goals, we are much more likely to reach them than when we set vague, amorphous goals. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. When do you write for how long and how many words? Do some research into your own process. Observe how you work so that you can project when you can be done and then set a realistic goal date for yourself. For example, if you only write on Tuesdays and Thursdays for two hours each day because that's what you have, great, that's fantastic. That's four hours a week, which is plenty. And how much do you write on those days? Figure out what that is. Whatever it is, maybe it adds up to 3,000 words a week. All right, well, if a novel is about 70,000 words, which is a really good target for a typical novel, it's like a good threshold. If it's over, great, but, but try not to be under, you know, under that, far under that. Figure out how many weeks it would take you to get to 70,000 words and set your goal date. Whether your goal date is two months away or eight months away, it doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't, in fact, it doesn't matter at all. Not, not just really matter, it doesn't matter at all. We, we all are going to write at different paces based on many variables, you know, from the story that we're telling to what our schedules are. So the key is to set a concrete goal for yourself based on your schedule and lifestyle. It doesn't matter how far away it is. Finally, our last step is my favorite, step number seven. Let your characters suffer and surprise you. That may sound mean, but it's not. The best endings that I have written are when my characters write them. They get to decide how they want the book to end. But to get there, for the characters to be able to write your ending, they have to learn something. And to learn something, they have to suffer. Here's the thing. It can be hard as a writer to let your characters suffer because you're probably a nice person, just like I am. (laughs) And as compassionate humans, we don't like to watch people suffer. We actually like to help them get out of suffering, typically. But when you're writing fiction, you have to allow them to suffer. It's sort of like being a parent, which you, you know, you can imagine, even if you aren't one, that when it comes to your kids, there are things they need to learn for themselves. You, you have to let them struggle. You can't do everything for them. If you don't let them struggle, they don't learn. And the exact same thing is true for your characters. 
So in the previous step, when I talked about creating tension, you know, you're, you're creating this tension and you're letting your characters sit in that tension. You are letting them experience it and you're letting them struggle through it. And when you do this, you will often find that your ending will write itself because your characters have learned something and they will tell you what it is. If you're still listening, I'm guessing that you're writing a book or want to write a book. And if so, I want to hear from you. Because when I'm not writing, my mission in life is to help writers write their dream books. I love it. I live for it. Because before I published my novels, I first had to figure out how to write one. And this wasn't easy, because none of the writing classes I had taken had shown me how to actually write a novel. It wasn't until I had a newborn at home and only a little bit of time to write every day that I came up with a process. And that process worked. I wrote my entire novel during my eight-week maternity leave. Now, I teach that process in my program, The Book Incubator, and it has worked for dozens of other writers. If you're curious to know more and to see if maybe this is the right fit for you, I have a free video walking you through my process for writing a book, and you can get it by going to thebookincubator.com and just telling me a little bit about yourself and what you're looking for. So go to thebookincubator.com Fill out the short form and you'll hear from me within 72 hours. Happy writing. Thanks for listening and see you next week.